0: warrior king who stands where the land meets the horizon steadfast and unshakable a force from beyond who defies the laws of physics and he will never stand down and he will never surrender and he will never submit until his bones are cracked and splintered and scraped like chalk on pavement until the very dome of heaven collapses and the black avalanche of space pours down around us until he is the last man standing on the dirt-covered surface of the earth, he will press on. Ladies and gentlemen, the Las Vegas sports talk king, a broadcaster, hall of famer, entertainer, innovator, r and funk music master, a hot dog lover and connoisseur, he is too cold to be told. The doctor, T.C.
1: Martin.
2: Hour number two as we continue on, of course, in a little post-Fourth of July celebration. Of course, the famous Nathan's Hot Dog Eating Contest. Thank Mickey Sudo and Nick Weary for joining us in hour number one. Hour number two, we talk more about Coney Island in the 4th of July. Of course, it's baseball and hot dogs. That's what we all live for, don't we? Oh, yes, we do. Streaming live, coast-to-coast, border-to-border, wherever you may be, tcmartinshow.com. And of course, here, live in Las Vegas, the man, the man with the plan, the man with the voice. I don't know if it's recuperated from, you know, 4th of July on Tuesday, but he joins us now, the one and only George Shea. What is up, my man?
0: I'm I'm recovering as you said big
2: day yesterday. Thank you very much for having me on. Well, uh thank you for the intro, George. I mean it was fantastic. I mean, I was so pumped up. I I was ready to climb on stage right now.
0: Well, <laughs> uh, we may <clears throat> we may need you in the future. Sometime when I'm out there, we'll do it in the studio so we get good deep audio to that, really to really, you know, modulate. Absolutely. That's what you got to do. I mean, you got to come to How often do you get to Vegas? Do you know I used to come once or twice a year for events? And now I'm just, you know, it's a six-hour flight, five-hour flight. I'm just, I'm too lazy. I'm an old lazy man. (laughs) Well, let's talk about
2: uh, what took place here. Fourth of July, we uh, had a great contest, but it it seems like... You know, there re- wasn't the battle with you know Joey Chestnut and, and anybody else or Mickey Sudo and her competitors. It was more about Mother Nature. I mean, it seemed like Mother Nature was was the chief opponent here, George. Now reports were we heard it was, the the contest was going to be canceled. I want you to take us through the process during the lead up to this when you you got the weather and whether it was going to be canceled. Was that a real thing or not? and then the two-hour delay. So kind of take us through how the morning and the afternoon evolved there for you.
0: Well, so first of all, there was, you know, for the, a couple of days before they were saying we may have thunder and lightning, possibly, you know, in the 12 o'clock hour. And then, you know, I was just like at some point I just go, all right, well, we're just I'm going to ignore that because where do you go with that? You know what I'm saying? So we just ignored it, and I really wasn't even thinking about it until I saw this massive storm cloud um uh, approaching, I thought it was passing in the, in the distance. It was approaching, and I said to the crowd, "We may have some trouble here because the city will tell us to shut this down if there's lightning and Then we just continued on and i want to I may have mentioned this last time I sang Fernando by Abo with a backup band. It was very well received okay. It was an emotional moment, and then lots of other stuff. And then suddenly, it just started torrential downpour. torrential. Like the first, it was like hail. You could see it. You could see individual drops of rain falling. And, and it was just, and I abandoned ship, right? There were 30,000 people. The captain was the first one off the ship. <laughs> I, I ran, ran for the inside. And then, oh, there it is. Don't get, me. I'm There's very emotional for me. There you go, George. Go ahead. You know, everybody has an introduction song. I mean,
2: this could be you right now. Go ahead.
0: Can you hear the the drums, Fernando? I remember remember long ago another starry night like this. Oh, my goodness. By the firelight, Fernando. It got worse. It got worse. You were humming
3: to yourself
0: and (laughs) and softly strumming your guitar. I could hear the distant drums and sounds. The bugle calls were coming from afar. It was big. They were close I mean, no, no, no dancing queen, George? Lose all your listeners.
2: Where's the dancing queen? Give me some dancing queen instead of Fernando. Come on, we're gonna do this. Oh, this is too funny. Okay, so. So, we, Joey said, and the other guys were saying, that. well, no, this is canceled. We're gonna, it's not going to be canceled. We're going
0: to go out no, and so eat what anyway. Happened with this. What, happ- what happened was this. I'll, I'll go very quickly. Yeah. So, then it was so bad, the rain, everybody ran, but the rain was just torrential. There was like six, eight inches of water on the street, like a stream. This is over electrical cables, right, that are all laid out. So, the city had me get up. They specifically said, George, you've got to get up and tell the crowd It's canceled which was true to the extent it was canceled as a live event. They were not going to let anybody back into the arena, such as it is, you know, there on the corner. And it was canceled. They urged me, they had me urge everyone to go home, which I did. And then, however, there was never a point when I wasn't holding that contest yesterday. It was going to be held, whether it was held just on the third floor of Nathan's or in the rain with no cameras and, you know, a few judges Uh, You know, on, on, uh, fold out tables. We were gonna hold it. It has to be helped. And then what happened was in about 40 minutes, half an hour, 40 minutes, the rain finally stopped and immediately blue skies. And then we had about another half an hour to see whether ESPN's equipment had made it through, which it did. And then we just said, look, before it rains again, let's go. And there was crowd, there was a big crowd still there on the perimeter, right? They, they were shoot out of the, you know, close but they were all, uh, a ton were there. And I got up, gave the intros and we did the contest and Joey won with 62. Um, and there was a very close race for second between the, um, Australian eater and Jeffrey Esper. Jeffrey Esper was 49. The Australian eater was 47, but the Australian eater was ahead of both Joey and, uh, Jeffrey Esper in the early goings. So that's that's what happened. It was just an absolute mess, but the, The thing is that you—everybody's been in a thunder and lightning storm. The thing that was so unusual here was just the volume of water that just came down. The gods were angry, D.C. Mm -hmm.
2: (laughs) So, I mean, 2020, we had the pandemic. I mean, that was a crazy year. Then 2021, I mean, you know, you had to hold it at a ballpark, right? And then you got this coming up you know, this year. So three of the last four years have been kind of crazy for you. Are there any others prior to this going way back in the day
0: that stand out for you is maybe something happened out of the norm? Well, you know, I would say we one year we had protesters throw things on the stage and then we had the protester actually last year. So uh, sort of like filling out the the, the, uh, the card there even last that's year was crazy right. in 2022 right. yeah. so but generally I have to say generally as I mentioned last time we get sunny weather it might be hot it might be humid but generally it's just kind of like well, it was a pretty good 4th of July like I, I have to tell you I mean they're a crazy thing. whenever you do a big live show things get really crazy but but that's just production in, in like these th- these have been a, a, a crazy couple years like that and you know but the, the, the interesting thing was, Joey and all the eaters were just fine. They're like, okay, let's go. We're ready. Go. And it was, uh, and they did a very, very good job. And the crowd that did stay was really into it. And we had about uh, like four or five of these guys who were, you know, painted their chest and were shirtless throughout the entire time they refused to leave. And, uh, and you know, it spelled America to me. Yeah. George
2: Shea joins us. Nathan's famous hot dog eating contest. Another success. Uh, amid maybe a little delay in weather. But, you know, we talked last week about cooking the hot dogs. I don't think anybody thinks about this, but you brought up such a good point and I wanted to follow up on this. There's over a thousand hot dogs that have to be cooked and it has to be timed perfectly for the contestants. They can't be soggy. They can't be hot. I mean, they have to be the right temperature. So you guys had to re-cook, or I should say, or, or cook another thousand hot dogs, right? So tell me, what was that discussion like, and, and what
0: transpired? Well, what happened, and they didn't waste them, they, 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 they have a, a very, it's all cooked in the, you know, in their, you know, sanitary and every, you know, super right. professional. And what they did is they had designated those dogs, you know, to be eaten by the, um and they timed them to by the, the competitors, but as soon as it became apparent that wasn't going to happen, they obviously they 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 you know sold them or, or gave them to the crowd. Huge crowd underneath there's a big uh the, the retail area of Nathan's is a big area, huge crowd there, huge crowd under the subway, right? It was it was really nuts. But they did they had to cook it three times. Oh. Three times because there was the there was a thought that we were gonna get it going a little earlier, and then again and we did it. So but you know the Nathan's crew. I, I said this last time. I, I did my plug last time for Pepsi, who was a, a Pepsid, who was a secondary sponsor, but also for Nathan's. Like there are literally with security, right? Because we had the protesters last year with security and Nathan's, and then the production crew for the stage, right? It's uh, there. There are sixty people there. So and they they did an amazing job. But the Nathan's guys in particular, these guys, Oliver and and George Costas and 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 Mike Moles, they're like they're like pros so they it was it went off easily but only cuz they were sort of like ready to do it but the you know what as i said the interesting thing to me was the eaters are sort of sitting here in this limbo in the bullpen and then everybody goes okay we're going to do this in about 20 minutes and they're just like okay and they, and they all did very well mm-hmm.
2: Joey Chestnut, 62, like you mentioned. He wins, uh, again, his his 12th Mustard Belt. Last year, Joey did 63, and then we go back to 2021, where uh, it just went crazy with 76. George, are you sensing any decline whatsoever from Joey as he gets a little bit older
0: and the totals are coming down a little bit? You know, it's an interesting thing. I would expect that over time without any question, but... I don't think the last two years are indicative of that, meaning I don't think they point to that, because Joey last year was bumped by a protester, which probably knocked him off by, I'd say, four, three or four, easy. Um, and then on top of that, um, the, as I said last time, the hot dogs had just been cooked a little early. Someone was get, anxious to get them all up there, so they had tightened up just a little bit so I, I would attribute I, if I, I think, under sort of what I would call normal perfect circumstances, Joey somewhere last year around seventy right which would be a dip from seventy six but seventy six as I mentioned, came in twenty one when we had this lovely, lovely day, which will not be repeated, I think anytime soon i mean it was It was just gorgeous, cool, and everything and then this year I, I have to tell you, the hot dogs were all cooked perfectly. Um, And Joey was was on world record pace in the first five minutes of the contest. So he was 41 hot dogs in at five minutes. But then in the latter five minutes, obviously, it was was somewhere around half that, right? So he really slowed down. I don't know why. But if I had to guess, it's not sort of a, a slow decline of age as just, you know, he just didn't have it this year.
2: Compare him to another famous athlete in any sport. You're a sports guy, so just finish this sentence.
0: Joey Chestnut is the who of competitive eating? You know, I would say the Joe Montana of, of competitive eating, which is a little outdated, because but I wouldn't say Tom Brady, because Tom Brady is so precious in a way, right? And and Joey's not that way. Joey's just sort of like this hardened, gritty man's man kind of trooper, a journeyman, a warrior, right? Reminds me more of a Joe Montana. And um but but in many ways they would all have to be compared to him because this was his sixteenth win and he's so dominant relative to the rest of the world that in some ways he is above them. Now, admittedly football, a bigger sports, bigger revenue, bigger everything. But but in terms of just pure competition, he would exceed the level of all those athletes. Mm
2: -hmm. Do you have to turn down competitors or all of these, all the contestants are
0: qualifiers for this? Yeah. So we run a qualifying circuit and you have to get in that way unless you're an international champion, which, as I mentioned, we had a bunch this year, UK, Japan, um, Australia, as I mentioned, et cetera. So if you're if you're the number one ranked eater in Australia, and we know about you, and there's you know it's it's clear you would get an invite. But if you're an American, you have to, and you're not the champion. The champion gets a you know a buy, whatever a pass. You're 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 always invited. But but if you're not the champion, you have to qualify. And we run a circuit nationally, and the eaters fly around to that. They may fly to three because they want to get in so badly. Um, so it's not these are not eaters off the street. And then every once in a while we'll get a call. On July two, and a guy goes, "Yo, you got to get me into this contest. I can eat like two peaches. You know, I'm in." And then you're going, "I appreciate that, and you're welcome to join the qualifying circuit." Yeah.
2: So, as we know, like with the Kentucky Derby, okay, it, it's it's a max of, of twenty horses. I mean, are you at that? What is your limit for uh, competitors? You know, each and every year on the men's and the women's side.
0: So it fluctuates a little. It's interesting you say that. 22 was the largest we ever had, and it was it was just too many, and so and and it was a little crowded. So generally, we like to keep it around 16, 15, 16. Um, you want you you and 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 it can fluctuate. Some year, you know, we we had two um, eaters from J- Japan this year, right? So under normal circumstances, maybe we wouldn't do that, but they were both so good, we wanted to bring them in. Max Suzuki, perhaps you've heard his name, yeah. and Zosan Pakpak. Who is, uh, is known as the elephant in uh, a very small, diminutive man, but known as the elephant in Japan. So you know, so but we, you know, really, you you can't, you you don't get the feeling for something at eight or ten people, and once you get over twenty, it's you've you've, you've exceeded critical mass, and you're not gaining anything right. unless you were to have a champion from every state in America, right? And 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 then maybe you would need a few more, but then you'd have fifty, whatever. There'd be at least a rationale for that, but. But really, in order to try to keep track of it, especially for ESPN, um, very, very difficult to keep track of more than four or five real leaders. Mm.
2: Now, we know you were with Badlands, Booker, doing videos and, and, and Badlands chugs and all that
0: stuff. Uh, did Badlands, Badlands did not compete uh, yesterday? So the World Chugging Championship was about to occur in about 10 minutes after the rain started. So we ran Badlands successfully defended his title but we just ran it live on social media literally from the bullpen of the, the eaters bullpen within Nathan's famous so it just that we just kind of had to do it and that was very disappointing to me that was going to be live on ESPN mm. and well but I was very disappointed in a lot of things we missed we missed a lot of things it just is what it is what can you do yeah so
2: Again, we saw the women's where it look, it was uh clear sunshine and everything now the women's was done before the men's, correct that how it worked, yeah, or, women or, and where about where, about where, where would the, the the rain the delay come in in between the two
0: yeah, in between the two so the women went off around let's say eleven o'clock yeah. and it was it was it was just lovely it was very hot by the way, and I was in a sport jacket and everything and it was just I was worried that it like literally might be hot enough I had to take the jacket off and it was getting a little you know, you get that feeling you're going, Wow, this is hot. But the the rain cooled it off by probably ten degrees. It was dramatic. But the women were at about eleven and then the rain came in um I think a a, a little I guess I guess it was eleven thirty of quarter of twelve, sometime like that.
2: There it is. All right, George Shea. Uh, another uh, fantastic uh, event pulled off. Uh, the introductions, of course. You know we all love. Uh, I I think w- what you got. Uh, you mentioned one of the Japanese eaters, and I and I believe you described him as how'd you say it, eating uh, beautifully or peacefully or something like that. That was that I I enjoyed that, and I think you said I think it was Adam Moran, right? Where he said he ate seventeen Big Macs in an hour. Is this true?
0: I don't I don't know that about Adam Moran. I don't know that. He may well have. Do you know he is a fantastic um he's a fantastic competitive eater and has a you know YouTube channel. He's very, very popular. Um and, and, and like is a very very good at it. But he he's just a great eater. His personal best in hot dogs is thirty two. Wow.
2: Okay. Okay, but when I heard 17 Big Macs an hour, I'm going, that, that's that's pretty
0: crazy. It's pretty insane. But <laughs> it, it well could be. The, the reason I wouldn't know about that is because we never do hour-long contests. They're always short. Right. Because, you know, they do these two-hour contests in Japan, and we just think, you know, I don't even know where that's going, you know? <laughs>
2: George, have you ever decided to see how many hot dogs you can consume during either this 10-minute stretch or five? I mean, come on! You are the host.
0: Uh, this is your contest. Uh, have, have, have what yeah, have you done? I, I I did it once. Got six and a half. Was very <laughs> disappointed. And I found that some people are better talking than they are, you know, eating or or working out. Right, like. Uh, so I, I sort of hung up my fork, as it were. There you go. All right, my man. All
2: right. What is next? We know that you guys go year round. You have so many other great contests all throughout the country. And a lot of people just think, Hey, no, no, it's, uh, you know, uh, this is not, uh, you know, Major League Eating is more than, uh, the, the Nathan's
0: famous, you know, Fourth of July, right? What, what, what's coming up next? Um, I, you know, the next big one for me. Uh, there may, there may be some others sort of, you know, just on the circuit that I'm not going to, so I don't have in my radar. But the next big one for me is the Buffalo Chicken Wing in Labor Day. I mean, there certainly are more contests between then and there, but that's my big one. That's a, that's a really big one, really fun one. And, you know, the eaters can eat like 200 something chicken wings. It's just outrageous. And, um, you know, cause it's, if you think of a chicken wing, most of it is bone or a lot of it is bone. So the numbers are very, very high in terms of numbers, like the actual number of wings. But so that's what, that's what I'm looking forward to next.
2: George, appreciate the time as always, my friend, uh, when you get to Vegas, uh, definitely let's get together. Love to have you in studio here, uh, whether it's in our studio or we do a lot of shows on location as well, too. It would, uh, it would be great. And, uh, and also, you know, maybe talk to Joey sometime as well too, because we always talk to you. We we get a chance to talk to Mickey, but uh, you know, love to connect with Joey at some point in time as well.
0: You know, I'll see if I can corral him. You know, sometimes he he gets overwhelmed and like, well, today getting maybe a just justly deserved day of rest. Sure, but um, yeah. but yeah, the the champ is alive and well. I'll tell you, he he was uh. He was he was sort of up and at him this morning, but but we'll corral him sometimes for you, so your listeners get to hear it well, directly know, from his
2: mouth. There you go. Well, you know, hey, you got big supporters uh, here in Las Vegas. You do a fantastic job, and we know what it goes into uh, putting these events on. So, uh, congratulations! Way to uh, uh, take care of the elements uh, and, and uh, Mother Nature yesterday. Uh, well done, as usual, my friend. Thank you very much, and good luck to everyone. You got it. There he is, George Shea. Uh not only the master of ceremonies, the MC uh master, but also again with Major League Eating, uh him and his brother uh Rich do a fantastic uh job. And of course, one of my favorite events, the famous Nathan's uh, hot dog eating contest. And uh it's great to have Mickey Sudo uh join us uh, in both of them i mean they they joined us both on thursday the day after the competition both dog tired trying to recuperate and taking the time uh, to join us today uh just appreciate those guys so rich is is it does a fantastic job as we know he's fantastic uh as as a color commentator and i think rich he throws a lot of sports analogies yeah. in there as well too so i, know, I noticed could, that he could, he could do whatever he wanted to do so uh yeah gotta have rich on sometime as well we come back chuck Esposito joins us it is just nonstop. it's a fun post fourth of july extravaganza
3: now now
2: more from your favorite sports radio physician that good. the doctor tc martin we go a little pet shop boys okay so this would be a good time to plug this So back on the road tomorrow as the uh, Aces are in action tonight. So don't forget that. Aces and Dallas, 7 p.m. You're 15-1 defending WNBA world champion, the Las Vegas Aces. Looking forward to that tonight. So if you get out to... The Michelob Ultra Arena. We invite you to do that. Get your tickets at access.com. Expecting your sold-out crowd. Or you can join me on the radio a few notches down the dial. ESPN 1100, 100.9 FM. 6.30 pregame where you'll hear from Becky Hammond and Chuck's all-time favorite. KP! You got that right. Kelsey Plum. And we tip it off at 7.02. Hey, have you heard about the prank that was played? What prank? On Sydney. No, I didn't. Oh, you need to ask them about it tonight. Okay. Okay. So, anyway, uh, I hear this song, of course, I think about Paul Buckpower Stewart, our jolly old good friend from England, from across the pond. Um, TJ Reeves will be sitting in for me tomorrow, and Paul Buckpower Stewart will be on as a guest. Oh. Yeah, so you'll you'll enjoy that, won't you? I like that. Friday, uh, Marco D'Angelo will be in on Friday at, uh, at the Westgate. Uh, Monday... To be determined in a Tuesday uh, back here before we get on the road again. And then we got the All-Star Game here in Vegas uh, a week from Saturday, the WNBA All-Star Game. So uh, a lot of good fun. That, that you are calling the All-Star Game. Yes, yes, as well. All the games and the All-Star Game as well. Look forward to that. But yeah, so Pet Shop Boys, West End Girls, one of my all-time favorite songs. Yes. Paul Power Stewart just went to that concert. That was like a bucket list for him, right? I will make sure I ask him how it was. There you go. Maybe we got to do that. All right, all right. Speaking of which, our, our next guest—I don't know if he's much for the pet shop boys. I I, I got to pegged for more of a classic rocker. And the p—in the Chicago pizza de- debate continues as I got my main man, <laughs> Big Al, Big Al Lorenz, in studio with us here today. And uh, we had the deep dish pizza the other night. And guess whose name came up? None other than Chuck Esposito. What are you going with, Chuck? The deep dish, the thin crust, the pies, or the squares? <laughs>
3: I thought we had put this to bed, T.
2: See? Uh-huh. And I told uh-huh. Chuck that. I Listen, I told Chuck that. I go, wait a minute. We don't need to bring this up again because we've already discussed this. But with Big Al in the studio, I think Big Al needs to hear it from yourself because you guys are two Chicagoans.
3: Yeah. I, you know, I'm a big fan of just pie in general. Um, but, uh, you know, I, I've eaten the, the thin crust. I love it. I've eaten deep dish. just depends on what I'm in the mood for that night or afternoon and where I'm at. Um, it, it's, uh, you know... I just like
2: Chicago pie. <laughs> Who doesn't? All right, Big Al, what, what, do you want to, what do you want to ask Chuck here about, about, about his, his favorite
3: pizza?
1: Well, obviously, you know, <laughs> Chuck, you're, you're uh, like a western suburbs guy, right?
3: Yeah, in yeah, Park Ridge, Arlington Heights area. Okay, yep.
1: well, <laughs> yep. uh, Park Ridge, uh, more north side than south. So more north side than north west.
3: Northwest suburbs. Oh, yeah, north there you go. So, yeah.
1: so you were probably like a, a Lou Malnati guy, you know, where the south yeah. side guys were Giordano's guys, you know, before Lou expanded.
3: <laughs> yeah I, I, I i'm being honest though i mean there, there's times where i've gone out and i like the you know the, the cracker thin crust And there's times where you know it depends where i'm at the deep dish sounds great um it's not something that i have to have one or the other a hundred percent of the time and we kind of had that discussion Al. and um that's just me you know and i know some people are a little bit different and and will favor one but uh i'm a fan of both See, Chuck is just an equal opportunity uh, food guy, which I love. That's good, man.
2: Nothing. Well, another well you know I am too. So there you go. <laughs> <laughs> well, next time uh, you're you're here, Al, when uh, in town, then we're 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 going over to Red Rock to see uh to see Chuck and love the red rock yeah i know that's one of your favorites i'd that love, love you
3: guys to come over We'll grab lunch or something i'd, I'd love to see you guys yeah.
2: no doubt i mean I, you know how many chicago stories would be would be flowing with uh, be, between you and al and nunchuck are you
3: kidding me chuck it'd be great that'd be like it'd a three-hour lunch I'd love it. you know yeah i'd love it i'd love it i, I know t's not objecting because there's food involved but yeah. <laughs> i would love it <laughs> you got that right so how you been my friend how was your fourth it was good. It was good. It was, uh, you know, it was a nice night out last night. It was a little bit cooler than it was earlier in the week where those temps were hitting, you know, uh 110, 113. So it wasn't bad at all. Watched some fireworks last night with the family. All good. How about you guys?
2: Oh uh, yeah. You know, it was uh Well, well, we went, we went to dinner, Chuck, at, uh, you know, in your family, you probably know where I, where I went, you know, closer to, you know, our neighborhood where you and I live. Uh, we went to that fabulous steakhouse last night. So we, we stayed in the, we stayed in the station casino's uh, family there. And, uh, and, uh, Big Al downed, uh, I think not one, but two of the buttermilk uh, chicken breasts, the fried chicken breasts, which don't even taste like they're fried. They're the best fried chicken. That I've ever had. And now can I get a witness with that? Oh, absolutely. And yep, Chuck, you know what I'm talking about. Nails. And then, uh, oh, yeah. Yeah. And oh, I, yeah. And I went with the Chateau Briand. So that's how we celebrated Fourth of July.
3: Nice. I, I'm actually surprised I didn't see you because I was there last night. I didn't have dinner in that particular restaurant, but my daughter did. And I went in and said hi to her and some of her friends. So wow. I was in there about nine o'clock last night. Maybe you already were gone, but, uh, um, but I was in there about nine o'clock last night, had dinner in a different restaurant last wow.
2: night. Wow. We, we just, cause we, we had like a, a, 615 reservation, but we, we just checked out like right about nine or a little after. So we must've just, uh, missed Yeah, I probably just missed you. Wow. It.
3: Right before I headed out for the fireworks, I stopped in there and said, uh, said hi to her and some of her friends. So I probably just missed you. Yeah.
2: Well, yeah, we heard the fireworks start going off. They went off like at nine exactly too.
3: Yeah. Yeah. Very true.
2: And Nunk Chuck recorded them. There they are, right there.
3: <laughs> Attaboy.
2: <laughs> All right, Chuck. So let's talk a little bit. Um, let's go Wimbledon, I guess. I mean, what kind of action are you guys seeing on Wimbledon?
3: A hey, really good action. I think you know tennis is one of those sports that's really popular and um the, the more stuff that we add to the wagering menu for tennis and i mean it's wimbledon i mean it's one of the uh, the major events and and you see a tremendous handle on that stuff guys so um it's all good for us there, there's live betting or or in-match betting going on as well um so it's really really good especially this time of year when you kind of only have baseball anything that you can add to the wagering menu if it's wimbledon if it's um you know summer league which is getting ready to start which we have up as well um, anything that we can add to that menu really kind of amps up July because we're in that kind of stretch of four to six weeks that is uh, a little slower than what we see most of the year.
2: Now, Chuck, you mentioned the NBA Summer League, which starts Friday here in Vegas. We'll go for uh, you know 10 days from the 7th to the 17th of July. Those are kind of tricky lines, I would think, to uh, to put up, and you have to monitor because obviously – you know, people are, are are gonna bet on the Spurs if Wimbayama's playing and and the same thing, you know, with Charlotte if Brandon Miller's playing and in and, and Portland with Scoot Henderson. Um uh, how how do you handle, you know, that type of situation in comparison to, say, a regular NBA game where, you know, you've got plenty of time to prep and you know who's gonna play for the most part, you know, even though we do have load management, but is it just low limits or or how are you putting up these numbers and following
3: like, I mean, you're going to move them a lot faster than you would move, say a normal NBA game. But in both the, you know, Spurs and Hornets cases. And when you look, we actually have futures up to win um, the the Las Vegas summer league. And uh, even with those two players mentioned, I mean, neither one of those two teams is the favorite. So um, Thunder, Pistons, Blazers are the top three teams on the board. Um, So, You know, last year we saw, for an example, some guys are playing one game, uh, then they were out. um, But we're, uh, you know, it's fun to have that up. I think we've seen the handle on the Vegas Summer League guys go up every single year. And my guess is with the young star power that's there this year, you're going to see that trend continue. Especially now when, again... The wagering menu isn't extensive, but these are these are events and games in our backyard, so people are able to go to these games, wager, you know, when they're inside the uh, the venue. Um, so you're really going to see an uptick, I think, on the Vegas Summer League this year.
2: How has that been in years past? Has that is it increased over the last few years, or has it always been just kind of steady?
3: No, it has. I, again, T, I think the more stuff you have up and there's such a correlation with things that occur in Vegas. Uh, when there's any a major sporting event for any any sport that's here in Vegas, um, you see an uptick. And I think the summer league, with the popularity of again the players we you just mentioned having this young star power there, you're definitely going to see an uptick in handle.
2: Now the NBA is going to unveil something new during this regular season. Actually, in December. And it's the the uh, in-season tournament Final Four that will take place December 7th and 9th here in Vegas. And stats will count for the league's regular season except for the championship game of the event. So I don't know if you've... You've heard much about this, Chuck, or whatever. But again, just, it kind of seems like they're taking a page from what the WNBA does with the Commissioner Cup Series, which the Aces won last year and probably, uh, are going to be the favorites to win again because, uh, where they take, you know, certain matchups and then they have, you know, wins and losses. Like right now the Aces, they're 15 and one, you know, their overall record, but they're six and oh in the Commissioner Cup Series and playing their teams, you know, from the Western Conference and then the best team from the West faces the best team from the East. So it seems like that this is something similar what the NBA has come up with.
3: Yeah, I think it'll take a little while for guests to get familiar with it. Um I know that there's gonna be, I believe, you know, six pools of of five teams and uh, the teams will be in the same conference, but it doesn't mean they'll be in the same divisions. So I think there's going to be just some stuff for us to get used to a little bit. The winner of each pool advances to an elimination stage. I, you know, I think the more you have up, the better. Um, but it's going to take a little while for everyone to kind of get used to the format if there's any, you know, um, kind of changes in rules or anything. But I think it's a good thing. I think it's fun um, to have something like this on the board.
2: All right, Chuck Esposito joins us over at Red Rock. Chuck, uh, baseball, obviously the main betting option uh, on the board right now. Uh, talk to us a little bit about uh, what you've been seeing uh, at, at the betting window. We're we're seeing still the you know, Dodgers when they're at home, they're heavy favorites, but uh, they haven't been playing that well as of late. For the most part, the A's continue to lose. What to, what has stood out for you during the first half of this baseball season?
3: I think now, T, it's the Braves um, that, you know, you've got teams in their division, the Marlins and Phillies, that are really hot as well. Um, but this Braves team just is an all-star lineup from top to bottom, um, 31 games above 500, uh strong home record and away record, 9-1 in their last 10 games. They are a bet on a nightly basis, and we continue to see that across the board. I mean, every single night, as I mentioned again, Marlins and Phillies, Playing really well in their division, Reds and Brewers have been playing well. Um, also, um, American League Yankees at least seven and three in the last ten games. Astros eight and two. Not a lot of teams that are really playing poorly over the last ten games. But you're still seeing teams that are a bet against. If it's the A's, the Rockies, um, teams like that that are really struggling. The Nationals, the Royals, they're still a bet against in baseball. But uh, these Braves are an automatic on a nightly basis. Whoever they're playing, we are huge fans of that team. So with that said, we are a huge Cleveland Guardian fans tonight, guys. <laughs>
2: All right. And the WNBA side, uh, you know, we've talked about this before with making as big a number as you possibly can with, uh, regarding the aces. And then, of course, them, you know, being here. First of all, what kind of action handle are you seeing on the WNBA in general and then specifically Aces games? And and uh, has more money been coming in on the Aces as a favorite, or do people lean towards the, the other side because usually the dog is getting so many points?
3: No, they've been backing um, the Aces team. Um, no question that as well as they've played right now, they are clearly you know backing them on a nightly basis. We've added props, too. So we're not just putting up the games, but I mean, we've seen the popularity of it for, um, the, uh, uh, the Raiders and the Knights. So why not do the same thing with the Aces? So we've done exactly the same thing and put a, a host of props up for every Aces game, um, some head to head matchups, point totals, um, you know, for example, you can bet Plum's point total over under a number or, or, or Asia, Asia Wilson's, Jackie Young. So we have a, and we've got some head to head matchups up as well, which have been really popular. So we didn't want to forget about the ladies as good as they are and as much fun as they are. Uh, and they do, and they have added a, a new kind of element now because they are kind of a, a bet on, on a nightly basis right now from our guests.
2: Absolutely, the Aces are around a 14.5-15 point favorite tonight at home against uh, Dallas. Chuck, did you uh, take any action on the Nathan's Famous Hot Dog Eating Championship?
3: You know, we, we did not. We didn't book it. It was funny though. We, as we talked about it, it's uh, you know the event got kind of it looked like canceled for a little while, like it wasn't going to happen, and then back on again. Um, but uh, you know, uh, Joey Cheston, it looked a little like. You know, it was starting to Was he as dominant? I mean, he was still really dominant, but uh uh we'll see how long he can continue this streak, but uh it's always fun to watch. I know it draws a lot of attention, but it isn't it is not something that we booked yesterday.
2: And have you booked it in the past or not? I have not. I have okay. not. Okay. Is there any reason for that? I mean, uh, legality-wise and everything. I mean, that's something that you could put up if you wanted to, right?
3: We we could ask to, to put that up. Just haven't in the past. Uh you know I know it draws a lot of attention. I put it up uh, you know at a different uh, property, different company long ago. Is just PR, and it was just amazing how much publicity it got. So there's no question. Uh, there's a lot of interest in the hot dog eating contest.
2: Yeah, no doubt. Well, we we love it on the show. We just you know got done talking with Mickey Souter, the <laughs> women's champ, and of course George Shea, the uh, the promoter and the uh, the man in the straw hat who does a fantastic job with the MC. So. Uh, of course, you know if it's hot dogs, you know Chuck, I, I'm in. I'm I'm all about eating and promoting uh, when it comes to hot I, dogs.
3: I think we have to go to a Chicago deep dish eating contest, you know, and then Ooh. put you uh, right right at the top right there.
2: Ooh, that's where I was two nights ago, Chuck. Uh, we were one of our <laughs> favorite places, the Deep Dish, and I brought the leftovers in for the boys today.
3: There it is. <laughs> Good. Uh. I'm sure they appreciate it, buddy.
2: All right, brother. Well, we appreciate the time, Uh, as always. uh, Enjoy the rest of your week, my friend. And uh, we look forward to talking to you next week and checking in on the NBA Summer League and everything else that's going on.
3: All right, guys. Sounds great. Look forward to seeing you next trip in, Al. And uh, enjoy uh, the Summer League, guys. And I'll talk to you soon.
2: Take care, brother. Appreciate you. There he is, Chuck Esposito, over at uh, Red Rock. and. uh, Chuck as you know, Al's been in, in this game a long time in this town. He's one of the best um, you know he worked for several different properties and uh, n- one of the legendary bookmakers here in this town.
1: Yeah, there's no question about that. I mean I don't know how how come he doesn't get the kudos that he richly deserves. Um, I,
2: I give the guy as, as many kudos as I possibly can because I think he's not only you know, one of the best but uh, he is so good. You know, on the air and, and the reason why I, I like to have him each and every week because again, he can, he can break it down for you, but he can also, he can talk Chicago food nonstop. Well, there's not, nothing better than
1: talking about Chicago food. <laughs>
2: <laughs> All right. Let's talk a little Chicago Cubs. Let's talk about that from yesterday. So we had a lot of Major League Baseball fun over the weekend. The Cubs were playing the Brewers. Yesterday, right, and the Cubs end up winning the game seven to six in eleven innings. Now, this was a crazy game that unfolded. The <laughs> Cubs led six to two, going to the bottom of the eighth inning. Then all of a sudden, we had drama ensue. Milwaukee gets two in the eighth, and then uh, I'd rather get yeah, the two in the eighth, and then they get uh, two more to tie it up at six six, and then extra innings we go. We go to the bottom of the 10th. Brewers have a runner on second base. Owen Miller singles to left. Ian Happ throws out the runner at home. And then they throw down to second to get Miller double play. And they, the the amazing you know, turn of events uh, in this game. Then we go to the 11th. We go with the Cubs up. Um, in the top of the 11th, runner at second base, because you know, we're playing softball, right? Nico Horner grounds to shortstop. Wide throw. Bellinger comes in and and, and scores from third. Cubs take the lead seven to six after they blew the six to two lead. So now they lead seven to six. Next hitter, Dansby Swanson is up. The count is two and one. Umpire calls strike three. Now, remember what I said the count was two and one and the umpire called strike three. Yes, it's two and two is the count. Cubs argue. Swanson argues. First base coach ejected. David Ross, the manager of the Cubs, comes out. He gone. Meanwhile, the count is still two and two, and play resumes. Swanson comes back to the plate, strikes out on the next pitch, and uh, for the second time on two pitches, he strikes out. Well, at least according to the umpires, it was. So now we go to the bottom of the 11th. Milwaukee has a runner at third. Fly ball again to left field to Hap. Hap makes the catch for the second time, throws out the runner at home trying to tag up. Gone. Ball game over. And what sound do we hear? Cubs win! Cubs win! Cubs win! Go man! Holy cow!
1: There it is. There it is. Boy, oh boy. Yeah, it was one of the most bizarre games. I was sitting in, at, uh, in the sports book tee and I'm watching this and I say, wow, when was the last time I see something like this happen? Yeah.
2: And the answer? Never! <laughs> What do you got, Numb Chuck? You're pointing to something.
3: I was wondering if we were using that Ross audio. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah just yeah. wanted to make sure. Well,
2: you're pointing the music to me. I like. I thought you were going to well, play I, a song or something. I saw that. Oh, okay. I tried to... it. All right. There you go. All right. So craziness uh during the course of this game. We told you that David Ross got ejected. Here's what Ross had to say in the post game press conference.
3: I know it's not an easy job, but there's there's just there's some of the the pitches they got called today just weren't even close and so um it's got to be better you know they're closing the roof to get rid of the shadows late there's a lot of that went on today that just was really frustrating
2: so a little bull blank and then f this and f that david ross uh, let it fly
1: doesn't compare to Lee Ilya though, at all. No, no,
2: no, Lee Ilya. Or how about Hal McRae throwing the telephone? Well, yeah, but you know, as long they as were you
1: as long as you weren't at the desk, it was, it was fine. <laughs> Hal
2: McRae rage <laughs> was great. Yeah, Lee Ilya, one of the best tirades of all time. Lee Ilya.
1: Oh, without question. Yeah, without. I mean, question.
2: and you talk about one of the, the, the former Cubs manager. Yeah, let, let's put that to a test. Huh? What sounded better, Lee Ilya's tirade or or David Ross? Or how about a, how about a distant Leo de Rocher tirade? Well, I mean,
1: Leo, Leo was never mic'd up like, like uh, He these wasn't guys mic'd are, up, maybe. but he was Leo the lip, you know. Yeah. But you could see
2: him, okay, you know, if right? you're a pretty good lip reader. Speaking of former Cubs. Okay. I don't know if you, you, know, this story or not, but I've been followed pretty closely because it's with the Astros. So the Astros have a, have a former Cubby in uh, relation on their team. Do you know who played shortstop for the Cubs yesterday? No. Younger Kessinger. Wow. Don Kessinger's grandson is playing for the Astros and went yard yesterday. Number 11 in your lucky number program. Number 11. But this Kessinger is uh, is number 16. And uh, so talk about a wild game that do- took place over the weekend, more baseball fun. Uh, we talked about the Cubs and the Brewers. It's the Astros and the Rangers. So we go back to, uh, Monday's game, right? Houston's up six nothing. All right. Six nothing. And then they're up ten two after four and a half innings. Then Texas scores none, nine, I should say, unanswered runs. They take the lead 11 to 10, going to the top of the ninth. What happens? The Astros get two in the ninth back to back run scoring doubles by Jose Abreu and Chaz McCormick. Houston retakes the lead at 12-11. Bottom of the night, The Rangers go one two three. Astros win. Astros win. Astros win. Bring back
1: Milo
0: Hamilton.
2: Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, a couple crazy games. How do you blow a 10-2 lead? I mean, it's one thing the Cubs blow 6-2, come back and win. Astros blow 10-2, come back and win. Some exciting baseball over the weekend.
1: Don't know if you touched base with Dusty over the weekend or not. I know your guys are real close, but uh,
2: that sounds like a Malox game to me. <laughs> <laughs> well, especially with all the pitching problems that the Astros have right now as well, too. I mean, Javier has just been awful eh, for his last couple starts. And then another bad one for his third bad one. And again, you stalk the guy to a to a, a, a 6 nothing lead, 10-2 lead. And then Dusty has to pull him before he can go 5-complete. So, right. he, so he couldn't get the win. Now you're into the bullpen. It's already banged up. So, and, you know, as Chris Bosio has told us from the beginning of this, of this season, we're going to see more and more pitching injuries and the pitching injuries that we are seeing across the board throughout Major League Baseball, downright ridiculous. And, uh, and he believes, and he said it way back when this is going to happen because of the pitch clock. These guys are, are under the gun. They've got to, you know, their routine has got to get sped up and they're doing something that their arms their bodies have not been accustomed to doing for any other point in time prior to this
1: season. Well, don't you think, T, as you see the the um, pitchers get older as they mature and when they get, when, when they stay up in the league, mm-hmm. big leagues, they kind of condition their bodies to have X amount of time in between pitches mm-hmm. and to, to, to give maximum effort and let it go?
2: Yeah, yeah, no question. Yeah. You know, I mean... It's there's injuries everywhere, and then over the weekend there are two big time uh, injuries of note. Mike Trout, broken left wrist. It what, what cracks me up here. It says he's on the the ten day IL. There's no ten days. You have a broken wrist. Let's talk a hundred days. Yeah, I don't I don't know what that is. You know why they do that. So and then. Uh Otani gets a blister on his finger. He was supposed to be the starting pitcher in the all star game, so now he will not pitch so his status up in the air now, but yeah just just tons of uh tons of injuries here well, your astros
1: are <laughs> the list is a mile long, yeah, guys that are in and out and Coming back and then
2: they re-injured themselves. Yeah. They're out. Well, Altuve got injured again, torn oblique muscle yesterday during batting practice. Jordan Alvarez has been out the past three weeks. He's not going to return for another, uh, you know, probably another three weeks. Michael Brantley hasn't seen the field yet. Uh, Lance McCullers, they thought he was going to be able to come back a couple weeks ago. Now they say, nope, nope, it's worse than we thought. Rehab didn't go well. He's shelved for the rest of the year. Yeah, just so many injuries uh, in Major League Baseball. So crazy stuff going on. All right, my friend. Well, I appreciate you being here today, Al. I mean, for so many reasons. I mean, just, uh, just being back in Vegas, uh, reuniting, talking about the old NWC days. Uh, nice little tribute we did with the, uh, about the Iron Sheik And hour number one. Johnny Psycho Payne joined us. So, uh, great stuff with, with that. And uh, you will be in attendance tonight, won't you, at the Michelob Arena?
1: Yes, I will. I have. I'm getting my first taste of the WNBA live in color. And you've been following it from afar, right? Yeah, I've been listening. Well, you know, I pipe into your podcast on on ESPN uh, on the radio, and I'm able to listen to it in my office when I'm when I'm home in Curacao. And uh, you know, it's exciting. To listen to you call play by play because it takes me back to the old NWC stuff
2: when when we were together. There you go. Uh, Big Al's favorite Aces player. Who do you think it is? Asia. Well, you got the the first right letter there. It's an A. Clark. AC.
1: AC. Isn't that
2: right, Big Al?
1: She's had a great career. She's a superstar. She's
2: outstanding, and every role that that Becky wants to put her in, Big Al is getting every Alicia Clark poster, uh, jersey he can find tonight, and. Uh, in uh, ha- having her autograph it. He's going to be seeking AC. AC for three. That's I'm the call tonight for you, my friend. Bring it. I'm sure you, I'm sure it'll happen. Yeah. Because,
1: you know, I I'm, I think he has a connection. You think so? Just a little bit. I don't know. We'll see. All right.
2: Uh, I want to thank uh, George Shea. Join us. Uh, of course, promoter extraordinaire. MC extraordinaire with the Nathan's Famous Hot Dog Eating Contest. And, of course, the champ joins us again today, too. Mickey Sudo, the nine-time mustard belt female champion. Phenomenal. Love having them on the show, and we do that all the time each and every year. So, for Big Al, for Joey Sly and Chuck, TC saying so long. If you miss any part of the show, go check out all the interviews, everything up there on the website from Mac. To Asia Wilson, to Becky Hammond, to uh, George Shea, and to Mickey Sudo and everybody. It's all up there. OPP, Old and Polonese. Go check it all out at tcmartinshow.com. I will be on the road for the next, oh, three four shows. TJ filling in tomorrow. Marco D'Angelo on Friday. Bye-bye until next week. But keep listening. Keep on checking everything out at tcmartinshow.com. Have yourself a good one. Enjoy as we get ready for the Aces in action tonight. Be careful. Enjoy yourself on this post-4th of July week.